Namaste. Welcome to Interruptions Podcast, where we talk to individuals who have dealt with trauma or an interruption in their personal or professional life. Because of that interruption, they have implemented a program or provide services to people on a journey towards being resilient. Kathy and I are passionate about our faith, social justice, and the effects on our personal lives and community. During every episode, we walk through an actionable item advice that you can apply today to reinvent yourself and find the courage to have faith in the midst of your interruption. Today's podcast is called Pursuit of Happiness, and I am your host, Reverend O. And I am Kathy Patton, and we are your hosts for today's podcast. Hey, Odell. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am excited about this podcast, as all of our podcasts. This is number 12, and we always keep count. And um, thank you for just being with me on this journey, Kathy. Um, And I'm excited about talking about the blues during the holidays. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Well, Odell, you know that um, tonight we actually have three guests. So we're going to introduce our first guest. who We're actually not introducing her. We're reintroducing her. Tamja Gray-Moore, who is a licensed clinical social worker. Hi, good good evening. Hi, Tim. How are you, ladies? Thank you so much for having me back once again. I so enjoy this. Welcome back. You know, I have to always give my respect. So, Roy, good to see you again. (laughs) I don't think that's allowed on the podcast. Uh, all that pink and green you got in your background. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Tam, thank you for coming back again. Um, as you know, last time we were when we taught, you talked about how your client caseload had increased because of the COVID nineteen situation and people not really being able to adjust to that, not just the unknown of COVID-19 and now having to be shut in and people were losing their jobs. So how are things going with that, with with you and with them? So um, very interesting. Um, And I'm glad we're bringing this up because, so at the time I talked about it first, we were basically doing mostly telehealth Um, treatment because of COVID and it was just getting started and we were trying to figure things out about how to keep ourselves safe and our patients safe. And then we had um, a a time when we decided to open up and have both telehealth and have um, in-person treatment. And since we've started back with the in-person treatment, our admission rate has tripled. This Mm. is probably Mm. um, one of the the busiest um, program years that I think we've ever had. Our numbers are through the roof. Um, In fact, for the first time, we're even having a lot of wait lists and I'm scheduling people to start the program a week out, which is not normal. Usually I would have someone start the next day or two, but I'm just trying to make sure we have room. And the most interesting part has been that most of the patients, even though they have a, a, a choice of sometimes telehealth or in-person, just about 90% want in person, mm-hmm. which we were thinking, what, you know, but then it, we, we realized that it's about connection, that they want to be out of the house and in person and getting treatment and around other people. And unfortunately, because of numbers and social distancing, we can't have a whole lot of people in the building, but those that do come, they're showing up every day. They're like, I'm not ready to be discharged. So 
So what I've learned about this um, period of time is that although everyone's telling us stay home, kind of be safe, there's the depression rate has increased, of course. People want to get out the house. And if that means coming to treatment, then so be it. They, they'll come just to get treatment because it's better than being stuck at home by themselves. I can imagine. Um, but I'm yeah. glad you're still being safe and you're keeping your team safe. Yes, yes. yes. Um, telehealth is, is, is totally new. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to offer that to our community. Um, Tam, our podcast today is called The Pursuit of Happiness. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that people forget during the holidays, it's not always happiness and bliss and excitement and family. Um, people forget that there are others out there who are still struggling with some, with some type of trauma in their life. And, you know, they're trying to figure out how to move forward. So what we wanted to do with our with this with this three part series that we're doing is that we're now talking about how do you move from trauma, depression, these stages into a period of being resilient, um, giving people the tools to to help them on their journey. So this is what we're doing now and this is why you are here so we're we're glad that you're here so thank you so a couple of questions that we have to get started um depression um when how do you recognize signs of depression in people who have not gone through a traumatic event in their life um they're just a normal every day and now because of COVID 19 they're looking at they have different symptoms that they're not used to seeing in themselves. When they come in to see you, how do you help them to recognize those signs and what do you all do with those individuals? So the first thing that happens in depression is that, um, and I try to get my patients to recognize, is that that, that feeling that they're feeling, um, even if they haven't really identified it as depression, become so normal to them that they don't even recognize it. It's just this kind of low feeling, unmotivated feeling. I tell my patients all the time, the first signs of depression will show in your ADLs, right? That feeling of not wanting to take a shower, not wanting to brush your teeth, not wanting to get your hair done. Those kind of things are the first signs. Okay. And then you move on to laying in bed and not moving. And of course, then you bring on other challenges of depression with that. So just getting them to recognize those little signs, you know, are you getting up? Are you functioning every day? Are you able to um, carry out um, daily conversations with people? and People go, yeah, I, I don't feel like talking to my family. I don't feel like um, getting dressed. And I'll say, well, those are the first signs. So how do we move past that? What do you need to do to, to make yourself feel better? And a lot of the responses are, well, I don't know. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that I think people um, forget while they're in depression is what really makes them happy. What what can I do to get out of this feeling of dread and doom? And 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 then they'll say, "Well, I had a good day," and even that didn't feel normal because the depression is more normal now than the happy feeling that they had. And guess what they do? They then talk themselves back into feeling depressed because it feels more normal than the happy. Or they'll say, well, I'm, it's not gonna last anyway, so I might as well continue to feel the way I feel. So we actually come up with these thoughts that negate every kind of personal, every kind of positive feeling that we do have. And that's the unfortunate part about depression is that it consumes you to the point where this actually feels like how I'm supposed to feel. Mm -hmm. 
and people get stuck in it and don't know how to move. So then that's when I say treatment is necessary. Let me remind you of what makes you happy. Let's talk about um, things you used to do. How did that make you feel? What about trying new things to make you happy again? COVID has taken away a lot of people's um, ability to do some of the things they used to love to do, you know, like going to the movies or um, socializing with friends. So of course, at this point, um, people are trying to figure out what what else is there to do while I'm stuck in the house or while I can't be with friends. And depression is so um, consuming. And and I know I don't have to tell either of you this, but um, when people can't move past it, then you're just you're just going to be stuck. And that's the and and it takes weeks, sometimes months, to get out of it. I know, um, Tam, with that, uh, Odell and I were actually talking and, and we're really excited about this series that we're in because the holiday season is coming up and now mm-hmm. you you add that on to COVID-19 and not being able to be, as you just said, things are not normal anymore. So the big family gathering of 50 is just not acceptable anymore, right? And um, so how... How are you dealing with patients? What do you tell them when when you talk to them about all of that combined, like the holidays and COVID nineteen and the depression? So what we what we're doing is building skills with our patients right now. We're so with telehealth and and zooms and things like this. There are support groups that people can join straight from home where they can have gatherings, family gatherings through Zoom. You could fix meals together. We tell them you can, um, you could set up your camera in your house where Christmas morning or Thanksgiving dinner, everyone can, can still eat together. And it's really about thinking outside the box and thinking differently. Um, One thing to get out of depression, you have to have an open mind. You have to have a willing mind to try different things, to try new things, things you never thought about doing before, especially um, in this holiday season. Um, my family is a, a good example. We're very close and we have very uh, every holiday together. And so I'm thinking my parents, do I really want them here? I might set them up in, a, in a, another table in the living room and those that live together might li- eat in the dining room. We have to just kind of think outside the box how we can still kind of connect, but still be separate. Mm -hmm. So we're coming up with different ideas for our patients as well. We're um, asking them to um, do um, draw names for Christmas, (laughs) where you can send them a gift through the mail. You don't have to be there actually Christmas morning. But there are a few things that are different, but still can make it intimate and and loving and caring. I know I'm having a a challenge, I would say. Um, My daughter, as you know, is autistic and and she's gotten very comfortable with being at home, which I'm a little worried about too, because she's gotten very comfortable with being at home. Um, but you know the holidays are big for her and so she wants to be around other people so i find myself i know she's struggling she is really struggling with that because she's very social 
And she uh, she knows that when it's a holiday time, what does that mean that it's just going to be us? We need to be around other people. So I've had to be creative in trying to help her like, okay, well, we're going to have a party. And when we cook the turkey, we're going to be dancing in the kitchen and just trying okay. to make it fun with her. Um, but it, it, it has been difficult. And so, Tam, you talk from the clinical perspective, which we always appreciate. And so, Odell, for you, I know that um, I can't believe that it's, and I know you're struggling with it. It's been four years now for you since you lost your son. And so having to deal with that in the holiday season. But I want to I wanna ask you, because you still are a minister, right? And so you have parishioners that might come to you to talk about depression or this has happened to me and how do I deal with this? And so from a ministerial perspective, how do you respond to those type of inquiries? It, for me, uh, on two parts, it has changed. Um, in the production interruptions, you saw that I would call on others because I was so weak. Um, so spiritually weak and just hurt from the trauma that I needed people to help to pray me out of bed. So my relationship with God has changed. It's more intimate, very personal, so that I'm able to rely on my own strength and conversations with God to say, let's have a con let's just have a conversation and being able to get me through this day. And what I don't say to others is pray more. Um, because this trauma is very real. Depression is real. And it's not even, it's a combination with me losing my son, but also having a brain aneurysm. Um, I was talking to my therapist just this last week and, you know, she said something to me that is just still ringing in my head. She said that I had a permanent interruption and mm. And she encourages me to continue to be social, continue to do the things that I enjoy to keep me from being depressed, but not to overstimulate myself. So I talk to people about finding something that they can do that they can enjoy, um, something that's safe to get them out of the house. And, it, it, and, and Tam is correct, correct. It is about being creative in terms of what we can do because... Um, People make decisions for me and they take things away from me and not knowing it causes my anxiety and which, which activates my depression. And I have to be mindful of behaviors and situations that I find myself in just of communicating with people. Um, so it's, it's difficult, but I, um, and this is what led us to this podcast, Kathy, is being able to help people to find something different. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine today briefly, and um, she too was going through what I am. She, she lost her daughter. Her, her daughter died um, of sickle cell. Mm -hmm. And then the following day, her, her godson died, was shot in the head. So she's dealing with all of that, and she does not like the holidays. And she's talking to me about a dog. She said, I got a dog. You ought to get a dog. And I'm like, I'm not picking up poop. I don't want a dog. <laughs> But it didn't hit me until today that the reason why she has a dog, Tam, because the dog helps her to get up. Yeah. Go, yep, yep. go to the doggy park. That's um, right. So I'm like, oh, that's why you got a dog. So right. people are, are thinking outside the box. And this is what today's show is, thinking outside the box to help us find something creative, something different. Um, to do that brings you some type of joy. So, you know, it's it's interesting that she got a dog. I tell my patients all the time, get a pet. And they go, I don't want a pet. And I said, but that pet will get you up when you don't want to get up. You either going to have stained carpet or you're going to go out. And those are, the, <laughs> those are the reasons why you get that pet, you know, or sometimes I tell them, be creative, like put a little sticky wherever you sit all day, a sticky that says, don't sit here. Because sometimes we need cues, cues not to be stuck in those same behaviors. 
put a sticky on your door that says, open me, go out, do something. That's correct. Um, yeah. I started going, started going back to the gym. I took my bicycle out the garage and started riding it around. And I can proudly say yesterday was my first time ever since I was 10 years old. I was on the treadmill yesterday <laughs> and the speed was at 4.8. I was, I was running. My little feet were going like that, <laughs> you know, and it made me feel good. I mean, it people does. can, people can run 4.8, 5.7 on the treadmill and mm -hmm. that's their normal. But for me, that was, ah. I have something to strive for, yeah. and it yeah. made, and yeah. that made me feel good. You know that that's actually a skill that we um, teach people who are depressed. If if um, the people watching get a chance, and even you all look up the the term behavioral activation. Behavioral. Hmm. It's just what you did, where you plan out something to do and you actually kind of notice your mood before you do that plan, mm -hmm. while you're doing that plan, and after you do that plan so that you can notice the change in your moods and you actually plan a behavior that will get you up get you out so that you can see the difference in how you feel. So that's actually a, a skill that we try to teach, um, especially people who are depressed, behavioral activation. But Tim, that's a perfect, perfect segue into us introducing our next two guests today, because mm -hmm. we are talking about moving from where we are into actual action. And so yeah. it's my pleasure to introduce Sarisa Newsom and Karima Riddick. Welcome, Hello. ladies. Hello. Hi. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for Doing having me. Well. Oh, thank yeah. you. Welcome to Interruptions. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is a pleasure. Uh, I think today was the first time I met Sarisa in person. She said we met before. But I saw her and I was like, gee, she looks different. Um, and she, she she changed her hair. So it was yeah. like, okay, it, it, it's it's not me. But um, Sarisa was on a um, Delta Arts and Letters function and was teaching us how to crochet. And I don't even want to show you what my little thing looked like. But it was just, it was great activity. It was awesome exercise. And I'm thinking this will be something that I can do. Or, or, or others may be interested in doing, and she was so patient with it. And then I've known Karima pretty much, not all her life, but um, a long time. <laughs> and, um, you know, watched her become to the woman that she is. She's recently married. Um, she and her husband just bought a wonderful house. And can you, she told her mama to, her, her mother lives in New Haven. So her mother left the house, is packing up, moving, and going to live with her daughter. Aww. She has said to she said to mom, come on down. I got yeah. you. I got a suite yeah. for you. She got her own suite. So we're happy Aww. to have her. <laughs> so these two ladies, I wanted to make sure that we invited into our space today to get started and to talking about your craft, your patience in terms of what you do. So Sarisa, we'd like to start with you first. Sarisa, so, so tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I do a lot of things and it all revolves around fashion. Um, I sew, I crochet, I knit, I love working with my hands and making things. So I am a freelance design consultant um, I also teach uh, crafts and fashion to a girls group um, and a non nonprofit organization. Um, and I have my own business, Endangered Stitches, where I teach knit, crochet, and sewing and have resources. Um, so why, yeah. why, did, why did you do that? 
But what made you go into that field? Was there a point in your life where you just said, you know, I just need to be creative. That's what brings you happiness. Or was it business or what, what made you decide to do that? So it started off as just enjoying creating things. I love working with my hands. I love to be able to make things from start to finish. It brings me joy just to have my own and to know that I created it all by myself. It's, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's I, key. That's key what you just said, because I, I know that you heard our conversation earlier with Tam, but it brings you joy, right? Yeah. And so it, um, that's really important for people to hear because we are talking a little bit more about moving from being in a state of depression and kind of doing things for me what is going to make me happy. And so while this may not be the catch-all for a moment, I'm seeking something that makes me feel happy. So I know I know that you were going to do a, a demo for us today. I will tell you that this is what mine looks like right now. And, <laughs> it's okay. And so more That's than likely after the demo, it might look like this. That's it. That's, that's the best. Yeah, <laughs> I do okay. have, I have, I have the crochet. I actually used to crochet. I did. And now I look at it now and I'm like, I have no clue what yeah. I'm doing. I can't start it. I can't. I, it was terrible. I, I I told Odell, I was like, okay, I got to buy a crochet needle. I know there's sizes and there's different yarns. I said, oh, forget it. Let me just pick up something. But I, I have no clue how to start at all. So when I, when she did, she taught us knitting and this is as far as I got. Okay. Mm -hmm. That <laughs> is so on. funny. Yeah. Yeah. But so whichever, I but I I'm good. We'll I'm good. Whichever this. one you want to, but Odell no. already started and hers look good. So her look, no. looks good. Crocheting so. is the one for tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm going to switch my camera over just to do a quick uh, demonstration on what it is to crochet. Crochet is very meditative. Um, mm -hmm. I tend to lean more towards crochet over knitting. So I have my ball of yarn and my crochet hooks. This is a chunky yarn. So I have a larger um, crochet hook. They, I have metal ones, I have wood ones, but I'm gonna work with a plastic one today. So with knitting and crocheting, you start with a slip knot. So I'm just gonna quickly do a slip knot. Some people get caught up on this step, but it gets better. Really? And then <laughs> go to <laughs> I can take it slower. I don't know what what type but of time. You know, you, have. you know, you know that little slip knot thing. I was like, uh, okay, we go right ahead. Folks yeah. and then you work a chain. So this is the foundation. Some people know how to work a chain and they don't know the various stitches in crochet. So right. to do the chain, you just wrap your yarn around the hook and pull it through that loop that you created when you first did your slip knot. This is terrible. I used to be able to do this. <laughs> and oh you continue goodness. to do it as long as you want, as many as you want. So I'm gonna start with a single crochet. So when you're working with a single crochet, you always do one more chain stitch than the number of stitches that your pattern requires. Okay. And I know I'm speaking a different language to many <laughs> right now. No, I, I perfectly understand what you're saying, but it's just not happening, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so once you have your chain, I don't know how many stitches I did. You're gonna start to do the single crochet stitch. You're gonna start in your second chain from your hook. So this is the first chain and this is the second one. So to do the single crochet stitch, I'm just gonna insert my hook into that second chain, wrap the yarn around my hook, and then pull that yarn up. And then I have two loops on my crochet hook. Then I'm gonna wrap the yarn around my hook again and pull it through those two loops. And then I'm left with one stitch on my needle. Now you said about the oh the, the needle size now, and you got yeah. a larger one. Um, is that because you want it to be loose, or is there a certain size okay. we should be looking for? Yes, that's a whole lesson in itself. Uh, um, many people okay. don't recognize that each yarn 
I remember at the beginning, I mentioned that this is a bulky yarn. Mm -hmm. This might be like a, this is a, yeah, super bulky yarn. So to work with a super bulky yarn so that your stitches are not too tight or too loose, there is a recommended uh, crochet hook and needle for that yarn. I'm gonna pull up this label. So this is the label for that yarn. Mm -hmm. It tells you right on the label what needle, what size needle you would need if you're going to knit. And this requires a US 13. Um, for crochet, you know. US 13. And it's a super bulky size six weight yarn. So I, I have always just look for the price on that label. I never even know <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so much information on a label. I'm working with a size 15 crochet hook. <laughs> I'm working with a size 15 because I crochet and knit tightly. Okay. So I go up a size just so that the tension is loose enough. Okay. So I'm just going to continue. And this this is this is all there is to it to this stitch. You continue working in each stitch across and this is called a row. And just watching it sometimes I've had people tell me that it's very meditative and, and relaxing, just watching the stitch. It flows and you just go in and out. Sarisa, who taught you how to do this? Where did you learn this craft? So, yeah, um, I actually, <laughs> I'm gonna switch over. I learned to knit I learned to knit in college. I took a class, a knitting class, and I learned to knit in college. Uh, crochet, I knew how to cast on stitches because my stepmother, she was very crafty and she used to do different decorations. And so I knew how to do the cast on stitch, but I, um, the chain stitch that I just showed you, but I didn't know how to crochet or read pattern with Many people know how to crochet and may not necessarily know how to read the pattern. I worked at Line Brand Yarn Company. It was like my first real job, um, fashion-related job out of college. And that's actually where I learned and I perfected my skill. I, I worked there for about seven years um, and I picked up so much. And I, I have some projects that I've worked on. And the majority of the projects that I have photos of are projects that I've done for Lion Brand Yarn Company. So that's where I learned. Well, let's get Kevin to um, bring up those photos that you have yeah. so, so people can see how talented you are. And I'm excited <laughs> about potentially making one of these this winter. So yes. Kevin, can you bring up the photos? So this is and one of my latest ones. Uh, how adorable. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm it like 10 years away from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh that's beautiful isn't it cute how long did that take you to make it takes i love that one how about that scarf how long did that take you it, it, it takes a while because all of the different colors and working back and forth um, uh, this is why because now i do it mostly for work i really don't take the time to do it for pleasure anymore it takes a lot of time. Okay. So that's interesting to say that. So you, so yeah, that's funny that when you start to do it for work, mm -hmm. you find it more difficult or. I, I do it more often and okay. every day, this is what I do. So when I get a break to myself, oh. I'm not thinking about picking up a, a needle to, to knit a project, <laughs> you know, I'm right. going to be like you. <laughs> Right. Now, oh. how difficult is it for a parent to teach their child to do this? It's not very difficult. Um, of course, it requires a lot of patience, you know, depending on the age. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it, it's it's about the same as, you know, adults. It's, it's something new. Um, it's very ben beneficial for children. Um, it improves their motor skills. Um, it sharpens the brain, you know, especially when working with patterns. Um, 
Yeah, and it, it's just a, it's challenging. It's it's a puzzle for them, but it's very be beneficial for children, especially. What's have you ever early, had? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what's the earliest age you would encourage uh, a child to start working with this? As early as they're able to hold a yarn and a needle, to be honest, like or in a, in a hook. My son is four. I haven't taught him, but you know, some he comes over and I give him yarn to play with. You know, let him just explore and and play around with it. You know, so I think. You know, for you know, pre-K age would probably be ideal, but you know, there's no. It's never too soon, really. Okay, and I'm glad you said your son because I didn't want to stereotype and just assume that this is something that women should do or daughters should do. Right. How many men do you know that actually knit and crochet? Me personally, I don't know many, but in the industry. I, you know, I've come across uh, uh, quite a few. There, there are a lot of men that 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 do it. Yeah. Um, Tim, have you ever had had one of your patients maybe come and bring their knitting or their crocheting? Yes, actually, all the time we have uh, a few um, women who will sit in group and they'll knit or crochet. Or yeah very therapeutic thing mm -hmm. to do they love it it is because uh, i'm really getting into it now my memory's coming back look are you all impressed with my line i'm that's very it. impressed <laughs> <laughs> now this is going to this is going to be either a really really long scarf or a pot holder or a <laughs> trivet or something because I know after a while oh. I'm going to be like, okay. But it is, as I'm sitting here, because I was like, oh, I'm still on the podcast. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm sitting here really getting into this. Um, just it, it does come back to you. Um, like Odell with your bike, it does come back to you, right? Coming. Oh, but this is, this is awesome. Ride. This feels great. Oh, that yes. was fun. And I'm going to get the crochet and start crocheting something. So, Patricia, you you you've motivated me to to do that. And I'm going to teach my granddaughter. We're going to do something right. together. And so it wasn't me that motivated you with my line. It not the green. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. That and was I believe, so much And I believe Kevin, who is our host, I mean, who's our, who hosts our show. Um, he said that his granddaughter taught him, but it, he hasn't touched it in over 50 years. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't even know Kevin was older than 50, but okay. Uh. <laughs> oh, his mother. You said, okay. His, his mother taught him. This is awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And I, I teach. I do have classes online where... Um, you can oh. go on and schedule a session at um, www.endangeredstitches.com. Okay, and we'll make sure that we put that into our, our link as well. Thank you. Yeah, I want to do that. I would love to do I it. I know. We Next could have like a Zoom, a Zoom stitching. At the holiday party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. That's nice. That is beautiful. So Odell, you're going to introduce our next guest. Karima, you are up. Um, it's listen when you sent oh. the tea. Oh my um, goodness! I, I, uh, so talk to us about how you ended up with yes, darling tea. The Karima, um, I want you to see. I have my electric kettle sitting here, waiting to pour it into my tea. I had yes. one today, and when I tell you, I felt like. Tim says this a lot. She feels just like a girl. I felt just like a girl today <laughs> having, my, <laughs> having my tea, but yes. I have to show you my cup. But I, I did. I felt, such a, I felt like such a girl today. I, <laughs> so, so Kathy and Odell and, and say your name again, Sarisa. Yes. You all have tea, right? So before you sip your tea, yeah, I need I to did. say oh, yes. I did. I went and got my cup, and yes, absolutely. Yes. So how did you come up you with the name? It, right? Yes, darling. How did you get into uh, the teas? Okay, the name I've been saying yes, darling, for years. My daughter just sent me a video of me saying it 
in 2017. She just sent me a video from Thanksgiving and we were playing around and I was like, yes, darling, yes. Uh, so I've been saying that for years. I joke around at work with my coworkers. So everybody at work says it to me when I pass by. Um, I picked up some traits from my mom. My mom just retired from um, the hospital she worked at. She'd been there for like 30 something years. And when I tell you, she never wore the same outfit twice. Oh, well. <laughs> so I think I kind of picked up a little bit of her habits. Um, so anytime I go to work, you're like, oh, you're always so fancy. And, you know, um, I like the thrift shop. So I'll get $20 and have like 15 dresses. So um, my wardrobe is kind of starting to look like my mom. So I've always had that. <laughs> I guess people just, you know, when they see me, they go, oh, yes, darling. I love that. <laughs> Yes, darling. Look at those shoes. And I'm like, yes, darling. These shoes were $2. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But so I have to that... tell I'm sorry, Odell. I know this is okay. nope. just the packaging in and of itself. <laughs> Odell dropped this off to me yesterday. And I was like, I, oh, my goodness. I just, I from the time you pick it up, you feel so special, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not a, you know, I don't want to say a name brand, but not a whole box of things, you know, the the tea bags are all one on. This was just like, I said, oh my God, I'm so fancy. I need to go put on my best lingerie outfit and just have a cup of tea. I'm telling you. Yeah. And that's the feeling that I kind of wanted to give to people when they bought my tea. I want them to feel special. I want them to make, even if they're making like a bedtime tea, put on their little fancy pajamas and just, just feel like warm and comforting. So now, what does this do for you? I mean, granted, it has done that for us. As you can see, we pulled on our special <laughs> cups, you know, got our, got our cups, and I dropped one off to Sarisa. I said, here you go. I couldn't find Tam earlier. And we're just excited by the names, you know, just fine. I'm like, yeah, just fine. That's fine. <laughs> fine. But, yep. you know, what does this do for you? It is really... It just warms my heart. Um, I still work a full-time job. I've been in logistics for 18 years. And I just, it's just not my passion. I love my job. I love everybody that I work with. But starting this business is really like my passion. Um, I've been loving tea since I was a little girl. So both grandmothers on my maternal side and my paternal side, my mother's side and my dad's side, both drink tea. And one of my aunts on my mom's side, uh, she always drunk tea as well. So from probably like six, seven, eight years old, me and my sister, we would be sitting at the table with our little teacups. Um, <laughs> so this has been like tea has been a passion. You know, I've been loving tea since I was a little girl. So, so how did you find this um, joy? How did how did how did how did it find you? How did it find me? So. Yeah. Uh, you want me to get a little deep. So 2017, I kind of had like a, I would say like a mental breakdown. Um, just always, everybody that knows me knows I'm like a workaholic, just always working, always on the go. Um, always just trying to prove myself, you know? Um, I had my daughter when I was 16 and somebody told me that, you know, I'm just going to have a house full of kids. I'm going to be on welfare the rest of my life. And that kind of affect me. Um, throughout the years. So I'm always like working, 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 you know, work two jobs, work three jobs, just proving myself. And I think it, you know, just being in and out of bad relationships, you know, credit jacked up. I just really had a nervous breakdown and I had to re reach out and just get counseling, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of push forward. Cause people always think, you know, cause I'm always, I'm kind of on a silly side. So I'm always laughing and joking, but people think, just because you always bubbly and laughing and joking that everything is okay when it's really not um, for cer certain people. So it just, I just kind of hit the wall at that point. I started counseling, started going to the gym, started doing things for me. You know, I was like, I'm going to be single. I'm not going to be worrying about getting married. Cause I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am why everybody else married and not me? You know, I'm like four, I was like 42 then. And I was like, just really questioning my what what did I want? What was gonna make me happy in life? Mm -hmm. And uh, once I started doing the counseling and started doing things that I enjoyed, um, that's when my life kind of took a turn. Um, I actually, you know, had a another bad relationship, but I didn't let it get me down. I kind of broke it off quick, you know. 
And then eventually I met my husband and I kind of had that wall up like, well, here we go again. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the counseling kind of helped me to say, hey, you know, if this is what you want, you got to like just open yourself up and be ready for it. And that's when things just started happening so fast in my life. I, like we met, got engaged seven months later, got married six months later. And then it was just like things were just ideas just flowing through my head. I always wanted to have my own business. So I was like, what do I love? What do I do every day? You know, like I get up, I drink tea. That's the first thing I do when I wake up. I drink my peppermint tea. Why can't I make my own peppermint tea? So that's where the ideas started flowing in. And then I just started studying and um, seeing how many like women or how many black women are starting tea businesses. Because when you think of tea, you think of like, I'm not going to say the names, but you think mm -hmm. of Bigelow. Yeah, you think of Bigelow, you think of Lipman. And um, I started just researching it. And um, once I started researching, I did a business plan and I was like, okay, uh, I was in the process of finishing college. You know, that took me 80 something years to do, but I did it. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I graduate June of 2020. I said, I am not giving up this time. I said, in June 2020, I'll have my bachelor's. And I said, as soon as I get my bachelor's, I'm going to start this business. And that's what I did. So I, um, my husband gave me a gift for my graduation. He gave me a, a check for my LLC and to get started. So I was like, oh, I got to do it now. No, more. no procrastinating. So I, um, good. yeah, I had the name. Then I started working on my logo. And I really did like two months of just research, just research. Um, and then I just started ordering leaves, experimenting with it. And once I ordered the leaves, that was it. I was like, okay. I threw all my tea away. I had like all this tea in the cabinet. It just didn't taste the same. <laughs> Yeah, it, just, it wasn't the same. And what I learned, too, is that a lot of the big tea companies, if you ever if you open up a, a Lipton tea packet, you don't see what's in it. You just see grinded up. It's grinded up. So you can't see that it's a certain kind of leaf in there. And they kind of grind it up so they could get more and produce more. So my leaves are if you open up the tea bag, you're going to see what's in it. You can look at the label and you can see exactly what's in the tea. Well, we have some pictures of you at work, uh, Miss. I did my research. So, Kevin, can you pull up our picture slide of Karima making teas? Oh, did he walk away? To we'll check, check on his turkey. He'll probably <laughs> check on his turkey. So when he comes back, we'll um, get him to... Uh, We'll type in, Kevin, we need to see the teas. <laughs> oh, uh, there go. she goes. Oh, wow. my now, goodness. That's a batch. Where do you order your teas from? Um, a wholesaler. So I researched a few wholesalers, and I get my products from three different ones. Um, I wanted to make sure I had quality. So okay. Yes. That's oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So my See, major, my major wholesaler is out of Canada, actually. And I like them because a lot of their um, products are organic. And even down to because uh, you know what? I don't want to open my packet, and but I will. <laughs> I'll be nice. I'm going to open it because you don't want to see my wet tea bag, but I'm going to show people. Um, but even down to the bag that holds the tea now does that make a difference because this is so it does pretty because i said oh my goodness look at this i just feel like tam says like a girl so pretty yes. it is absolutely gorgeous yes that is actually um biodegradable corn fiber oh okay so but it's healthier for you it doesn't have any dyes in it a lot of the tea bags that you get from your you know local grocery store the tea bag is dyed is bleached um, you know, and they use staples. So the tea bag, I just um decided on my tea bag. So I started my business October 1st and I didn't make a decision on my tea bags, but I just pushed for and I was like, I'm gonna make a decision, you know, later down the line when I find the right tea bag. And um, so that's my new tea supplier. They do my logo for me, and everything is as you can see, there's no staple on it. No, 
Mm -mm. And I think what I like, too, is the fact that I did try to do to get into like loose teas, but then Mm -hmm. you buy those little containers, you know, like the little metal containers for tea. But it was all in my tea. And I said, okay, well, this is just not working (laughs) for me. Um, So I went back to the old fashioned way. But this right here and then even down to your your label on here, you have I don't know if people can can see that, but you have on there to choose uh, love, peace, and joy. Now, what made you do that? That statement really um, is important to me because we go through so much in life and, you know, we we go through trauma, we go through depression, anxiety, and we, we're the ones that can make a choice of how we want to feel that day. So I could wake up and say, you know what? this person did this to me or, you know, this person I was in a relationship did this to me or somebody at work said this to me. I'm the one who gets to choose how I feel that day. I don't have to pull on the weight of, you know, people doing certain things to me or how I feel about something that happened that I don't like. I can't change it. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, I'm the one that has to choose whether I want to have joy that day or peace, you know, like it's certain People that were in my life, no longer in my life. Friends, family. Um, I get to choose my piece. So I, it doesn't matter if you're a cousin, you're, you know, I'm the one that gets to choose my piece. And I'm the one that gets to decide if you're going to be in my life or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you say that. And thank you for sharing. Because as you know, my journey and yeah. your mom has been there. <clears throat> and her mother is Jonathan's um, godmother. Hmm. Yeah. And um, it's been you have to pick and choose who yeah. you want in your space. And mm-hmm. I have lost friends and I didn't want them in my space because it was draining. Yeah. And even now people are, oh, I'm calling and just the things that people say. And I don't need someone to explain to me why I'm feeling a certain way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm where you are. Yeah. I'm finally at the space where my life is different. The brain aneurysm, I am different. I had a permanent interruption and instead of trying to go back to bring the old Odell forward that I miss, I'm now accepting the new me. Yeah. and working within those boundaries. And Tam, I know that you get people who are always trying to go back, always trying to figure out who they were, what happened. I, I, I missed that person and trying to bring those attributes and behaviors forward. And it's difficult to say, this is where I am. Yeah. And this is my new path, my new journey. And I can't have you people around me. I need to be here. And to focus just on you mm-hmm. is is difficult. Well, I just want to say that the real strength is recognizing, recognizing that you have a choice of who you allow in your life, who you decide to talk to on a particular day. If you need, if you're talking to people who make you feel worse. You have to walk away. You have to find people that's going to support you and make you feel good about yourself. The one thing that I truly um, appreciate about Karima when she said that, you know, we, we really, and I tell my patients this, we can't in their behaviors, but we can control how we react to them. And that's really important because other than that, if we make us happy today or mad today or cry today or whatever, and then someone else is controlling your behavior and your mood. So kudos to you for taking your strength and and being who you want to be for that day or that month or that life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, and just, you know, just watching um, my first knitting class, I was excited. 
<laughs> you know, I couldn't do it, but I knew I couldn't do it, but I felt good about it. And I said, well, she lives around the corner and I'm going to take my knitting needles. And I don't care if I got to sit on the stoop and say, just get me started. Just get me started. Because just the little bit made me feel good. So mm -hmm. I it, enjoyed that session and I knew that I wanted more. And when I was talking to your mother, Karima, about the teas, mm -hmm. um, I was looking forward to it. And as you know, we're going to keep doing this. You know, we've pulled out the special cup. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You and really Teresa, need to. I dropped one off to you earlier. I forgot which one I gave you. Teresa? Is she on mute? <laughs> I'm just enjoying everything. I know. <laughs> I've got um, just peachy okay. and sweet rest. Yes. Just peachy. It's really good. It's so good. And yeah, the difference for me is even with herbal teas, I've always had to put sugar in it just a little bit, right? So even if it's a sugar substitute, I find I am not doing that with this tea. I use the same tea bag because I don't want to open up my other. <laughs> tea bags. I had this this afternoon and I'm having it this evening. I just, I'm just, I'm, you could just, what I, what I like um, with, with both, with, with both of well, all of our guests, really with both of our guests is that you can tell the care that goes into everything that they do. So even Tim with you, the care when you're dealing with a patient, cause you have passion to see them get better. And then um, with both of you, with your craft, you can tell from the beginning that it really means a lot that the outcome makes someone happy. And I just, I, I am really, I'm so, I feel like I could sit here and drink my tea <laughs> and crochet. See? And, the, and, and, the thing and is, somebody yeah. might not get a turkey tomorrow because I'm gonna be sitting here <laughs> with my and, tea and crocheting. And <laughs> yeah. Kathy, which one are you drinking? So I autumn. Uh, is that, uh, oh, oh my goodness! It was just awesome. And the one that I have here that I'm trying to seal up so nothing seeps back out, <laughs> the air gets to it is, is nightcap. But I'm, I'm feeling like I really need to wait for this one yeah. tonight. Because, no, worked. because I tried I, it last night, Kathy. It worked I know, out. which is, I don't want to go to sleep because I don't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <And okay>. so, <laughs> I want to wait <laughs> until I really need to relax. Yes. Um, and so I know just the names entice you, right? Yes. Into, oh, yes. I want to try this one. I want to try that one. It's just yes. from the very beginning, everything, everything that, that you're doing. And um, um, Odell, I don't know if you want to say anything, because I just want to tell the ladies some things about what we do. Because I, I thought, Karima, when you talked about, oh, you know, relationships, one of the things that Odell, from the very beginning of our first podcast, we talked about um, the, the dream, right? Or the imposed dream on our right. life right mm -hmm. and so we were supposed to go to college of right. course and then we were supposed to get married and we were supposed to have the 2.5 children with the white picket <laughs> fence house and then right. we talk about what happens when that doesn't happen and we're not prepared for that i so like just, that yeah we and and so those honest conversations so we appreciate you sharing your journey with us this e this today and in, in our podcast. I'm sorry, Odell. I asked you if you want to say something, then I took over, right? No, it's okay. <laughs> Not because you're drinking that just peachy tea. That's right. It's autumn. I have the autumn, autumn tea. I'm telling you, I'm gonna like put it back in the foil bag and see if it stays till tomorrow. No, I. <laughs> I'll bring you another. No, I gave you a couple of samples. You did. You did. You did. I, I took care of you. You did. I, I want to thank both of you all for being our kickoff guest um, to this journey. And you've taken a art, a passion, and you've turned it into a business um, that's a, a full-time business for yourself and a part-time business that still gives you joy and pleasure. And this is what we want our guests to hear this podcast and to walk away with saying, I can do something like that mm -hmm. or I can order these teas. And Karima, mm -hmm. you're going to let us know where people can order teas from you yes. and how they can order. And we'll put it on our site so they can find you. And your mother is instructed to bring me back some tea when she <laughs> comes. And, You're um, such a bully. 
Listen, I, I've already said, I don't care what kind of suite your mother has. Can she have company? Because... <laughs> oh, she can have company. Okay, she can have company. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. ladies, we'll again, do. thank you so much. What Odell and I try to do on our podcast is expose that a life interruption can sometimes be traumatic or just an interruption in our lives that can be temporary or permanent, and it can affect our perspective on life. And so as you hear through our podcast, we always advocate that someone seek professional help should they need that um, mental health, physical health. We do not profess to have that level of knowledge. And so we don't want to remove the need for that. But we will continue to discuss the impact of trauma. But we also know there's a time where we need to move from conversation into action. And so we are so excited to have you um, as guests in our first part of our series that we plan on continuing doing because it was an example of ideas that can support your well-being. You saw us just like glowing over crocheting and teas. And so that's exciting. Um, if we're getting that excited um, and we hope that others will do that as well. So we want to thank you again. We appreciate the expertise that each of you bring to your field and supporting us today. And to our audience, thank you always for joining in. Remember to like our YouTube channel and to also to please share this message because someone you know may need to hear this. So thank you, ladies. Um, and Adele, always, it's wonderful to share the podcast with you. So thank you and, thank you. and have a good night. All right. Good night. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. That's right. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.